1: Welcome everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host, and our guest today is Gabriel Pinchev. He is CEO of Field Pulse. They're a software solution for service-based businesses. We're going to learn more about this. I think it's fascinating. I think technology and service-based businesses is just a a great area. There's lots of interesting applications, and I think one of the challenges in service-based businesses, the fact that you're dealing with so many people and keeping them aligned, keeping them on point, keeping your delivery consistent, well managed, is a key to growing a. Scaling these businesses. So, uh, with that,
0: Gabrielle, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Bruce, for having me on.
1: So why don't we talk a little bit about your background and field pulse, kind of how things got started, why you chose service-based businesses, and then we can kind of dig into the work that you're doing, the insights you're developing. So tell us a little bit about the backstory.
0: Sure. So we're a software for small service businesses. Think of like electricians, HVAC, plumbing, specialty contractors, stuff like that. And I think typically when you go into software, you start a software company, you either came from specific domain expertise within the industry, you're trying to help or you have a software background. And for me, it was really on the software side. And um, I was doing IT consulting specifically in mobility. And so I had a very mobile centric or mobile focused background in applications. And I had a good idea of what was out there, but I also saw that most of the solutions out there were mostly geared towards larger companies. They were a bit more dated and they weren't very mobile focused. And as mobile apps have gotten much more powerful and the small end of the market was underserved, mm-hmm. I thought there was a big hole of needing mobile-first software for small service businesses. So these are typically companies under under 20, under 30, under 50 people that are really trying to grow. And so I left and decided to start the company, Field Pulse with um, both mobile apps and web-based applications designed specifically for the small end of the market.
1: Yeah. And how, so I'm curious how the decision process worked or how your kind of strategic choice, you know, thinking process worked in terms of picking this particular market. You know, you mentioned you you were looking at some competitors or looking at solutions out there and, and primarily focused at large companies. But how did you end up sort of zeroing in or deciding to build a software solution in this particular area? Did, was there experience you had previously, Insight or was this just a process of deduction for you in terms of figuring out where the needs were?
0: Yeah, so my last consulting role, I was staffed at a large company that also resold small business software solutions on the in their mobility group. So they're all basically mobile apps designed for small service businesses. So I have a lot of exposure to what was out there. A couple of them were kind of pseudo competitors in the space, but really had a fully different model and weren't as geared towards small companies looking to get something affordable and get up and running and easy to use, easy to learn, easy to get going, and also affordable for them. And so it was a combination of that, but also having dealt with different contractors and service businesses right around that same time that were causing a lot of different mistakes. I remember one vividly sat on my floor and hand wrote an invoice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a photo of it somewhere too and um, and then the math was wrong so he had to redo it. By hand again and uh, and fix it. And uh, there's a, there's a ton of mistakes that were happening. As and I and I knew there are solutions out there for the larger end of the market, but the small end where we think 90, 95 percent of the market is is underserved, and they don't have time to spend months implementing and onboarding a an expansive software. They want to get going really easily and really quickly, and get their team trained really quickly. And that's what we focus on.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's smart. I and mean, the um, I can see that you know part of this is driven by the fact that. You know, just mobile first is becoming a general trend. I mean, I don't, you know, it would be difficult to do this, right? I remember seeing companies trying to do this, you know, 15, 20 years ago where they were building their own devices and having to issue hardware to folks and everything, you know, but the world's changed.
0: No, exactly. And a lot of the older solutions weren't even cloud-based. They were computer-based and they didn't have mobile applications. But when you're a mobile service business, that's everything. So we focus on both sides, both the management side and the field tech side. So obviously the field tech needs something mobile focused to be even able to do anything. But also the managers are often out in the field, whether they're providing estimates or checking on jobs or doing the work themselves. If they're on the smaller end, owner operators, the mobile aspect is key. But a lot of this you couldn't do up until a few years ago in terms of Internet speed, capabilities, things like that. So I thought it was the right time to build something that had that mobile focus, but then still had a robust computer-based system as well that's fully integrated and stored in the cloud. So everything syncs seamlessly and you get your whole team organized and on the same page.
1: Yeah, I like it. In terms of the competition, or when you were kind of looking at this market,
0: you know I always say
1: that if the fact that you see competition you see people in the market is not necessarily a bad sign or it doesn't mean that you're you're late you know oftentimes it can mean that you know it's validating the market or it's giving you more insight into where people are focusing and where there's more specific gaps but I guess did you see opportunities where, where you could do it better you saw competitors or companies that were in the space and you felt like you could create a better solution or was this there were there were competitors in the space but there was unserved sort of niche markets within it that you felt you could to come in and develop a, a more focused product around or, or both? I mean, what was your kind of assessment when you first got
0: involved? Yeah, I, I think it's both. I personally think this is the one of the largest markets that that is underserved by technology. Mm-hmm. I think most service businesses are still using pen and paper or some form of fragmented software solutions like Excel and text messaging and Google Calendar to do their scheduling and management. Yep. And so a lot of the time we're kind of going up against pen and paper and trying to show them the value of moving to a software. When I started it, there were mostly type of older software that was sold directly with the sales rep um, that was doing outbound. And so our model is very inbound driven. You find us on our website um, through search or content or however you come across us. Mm -hmm. And then you just start a free trial right on our website. And we help you along the way. We'll do demos for you if you need them, answer questions right in the chat. But the idea is that um, you can start it very quickly. You can get implemented within the day on your own or with our help. Uh, and then you put in your credit card and get going. So it's, it was a lot easier, simpler model for people who don't have much time rather than older solutions where they're doing account based billing and selling direct and counting licenses and things like that. The idea is to make it much easier and seamless for them to get going, um, in addition to the fact that it's a more modern solution with mobile apps.
1: Got it. And and the the. Problems that you're solving for the people that are using. Well, actually, let's so let's let's talk about the industries specifically that you're you're dealing with. So you, so you you listed off a few kind of examples, but tell us about the the kind of the the real kind of domains or the industries that you're focused on. The service types of service providers you're focused on, and why? Like, what makes their the service that they provide, or the business model, or the business kind of operational aspects that make that that create the the situation that you serve? Like, how how have you chosen your markets? What are they and and why have they fit uh, strategically for you?
0: Yeah. So simply put, I would say our customers are mobile service businesses. And so we, we do have a focus on things like HVAC, electrical plumbing, specialty contracting, handyman, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We get all types of customers across the board. Really, if they do any type of mobile service work or project-based contracting, we end up getting them as customers. We even have things like beehive and swarm removal companies uh, yeah have sure. chimney sweeping really anything you can think of so it's it's a very enormous market because there's so many different industries that fit the bill in terms of our marketing it's hard to market to a very specific one so we we kind of position towards the the larger segments but All those other industries are still great fits because they have a very similar way of operating their business. And so typically these are under 20, under 30 person companies that are really looking to get organized. And so as a solution, we handle lots of different things. So we kind of position ourselves as an all-in-one solution for small service businesses. So we help with job scheduling and dispatching, customer management, estimates and invoices, payments, timesheets customer communications, customer portal scheduling, uh, commission tracking, really a ton of stuff, Um, and the idea is that it's an all-in-one integrated solution where all the different components interact with each other. And so people who are coming from either pen and paper or fragmented solutions, when you have it all together, it keeps you much more organized and your team organized as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like it. And I guess what, as you've looked at kind of your feature set and your backlog or your kind of your product strategy, is there anything that you, you know, specifically chosen not, to try to do. I'm always I'm always curious when people are developing these kind of broader integrated solutions, you know, that, you know, it can be it can be tempting to try to do everything. <laughs> I'm always curious about where you start drawing lines or or thing areas that you've decided that you're not going to tackle or at least not going to tackle now.
0: Definitely. So we definitely look at ourselves as a software company. So what we focus on are things that are in the realm of building out software. And so we have an ecosystem of add-ons and some of them are our, our own in-house platforms mm-hmm. but we also have other third-party ecosystems that are partners and they're typically not software based and those are things we would never touch things like virtual receptionist services that mm-hmm. we partner with fleet tracking because there's a hardware component financing payments things like that we use partners because mm-hmm. they're not core SAS competencies of us building software but there's uh, there's there's room for us to always add on new software components, yeah. uh, and so we're constantly looking to build new features um, and really grow out the base so that it is all in one for them, and they're not having to look at multiple components
1: uh, so and talk to me about the kind of the key challenges that you address I mean when you when you're speaking to a prospect or when, when someone's considering your software why, why do they end up buying it is this does it help them increase their revenue does it decrease cost is it removing drama I mean what's What's the kind of value proposition or, or, at the end of the day, like the, the benefit that a company is going to get by moving to a platform like yours?
0: So overall, we think there's a ton of different benefits from each type of module because it's it's a... It's a conglomerate of different modules, Mm -hmm. and each module we think adds a ton of value. Overall, we kind of segment into what people are looking for. They're either looking for two things or possibly both. So either to better organize and manage their business if it's gotten chaotic or they want to grow their business. And one of the toughest issues these service-based businesses face are their employees not only in terms of hiring and finding them, but making sure they're doing what they need to do, that they're accountable, that they're reliable, that they're on time servicing the customer correctly. Um, and so that's a lot of what our focus is on addressing is managing their schedules, giving them the information they need, letting them provide photos and feedback, being able to take payments on the spot not dealing with cash, location tracking so the manager can verify where their field tech was when they said they got to the job, mm-hmm. um, so they can confirm it. Because misclocked hours is a huge issue in the industry. Um, I've talked to thousands of contractors now, and you, the fun, the funny stories you hear about some of their employees sitting in <laughs> cars after jobs, trying to milk their clock when they when they're actually done. Um, there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of accountability issues with employees that you're trying to address with the software. Yeah, I'm curious how you
1: how you did your research so when you're kind of looking at the space and and trying to figure out what problems to solve and developing your solutions and getting feedback on solutions. What was that like? How did you did, were you shadowing uh, chimney sweeps? Uh, you know, helping them you know do their job to develop insight. Were you doing surveys? Were you collecting data? Tell us about your research process.
0: So a lot of A lot of it was actually from the consumer side of watching and seeing how they operate and speaking with different providers. Mm -hmm. But I think when my approach for designing the software initially is um, I, I wanted to do it differently than other solutions out there and not copy their design and really take my own knowledge from different products stuff and things that I was learning to design it how, how I wanted it and how I viewed it would be good for our customers and then getting feedback and refining from there. So we actually ended up changing the design several times early on and it looks completely different than uh, really initial prototypes and it is it has expanded and we've been developing and changing it. Um, for, I guess, four years now, redoing it as we gather more feedback, see usage complaints. But the initial, the initial research was mostly discussions with service providers and seeing how they operate and, and seeing the issues firsthand at, from the consumer side, uh, because you, you see a lot of issues when guys aren't on time, when they don't have the information and they're calling back, when they're taking payment uh, via the phone to their office rather than on the spot or they can't take credit cards at all. Or they're handwriting invoices and then they don't have it again when you need it in the future, when they don't have all the information. There's a ton of issues <laughs> that, that you see from a consumer side as well. Mm-hmm. Help me formulate how we want to design the software and how it should work. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and talk to me about is there any, anything that you you know tried to tackle or tried to design and and you realized you you know just just got wrong or you decided you had to bail? I'm always curious on the on the on the learning uh, kind of learning experiences things things that didn't work out so well and what did you learn from it in terms of a, how do you effectively. You know, solve these problems for service companies?
0: Yeah, I think um, there's definitely different components of the software that we've had to rebuild over time. Um, some of that was for technical reasons because mm-hmm. we had to redo things. I think the one that jumps out for us is the estimate invoicing process because we had to realign it with QuickBooks, uh, just yeah. from how saturated they are in the market. We've had to adjust our estimating invoice system that we've originally created without QuickBooks to better match the QuickBooks integration. But ultimately nothing's been a, a huge miss, but obviously when you look back, you could have prioritized different features and things you're working on differently yeah. and getting things out to market in different timing based on the customers you're serving or going after. And that's always evolving, I think. What we thought we were going to build a year ago, we're building differently now. And we just released in beta a great a great product that we think that we think has tremendous upside, but we didn't think about a year before. And if that one specifically is a fully integrated phone system into our actual tool so that your team is not using their own device. They're using a phone system, but it's built a field pulse. So all the historical customer information, their jobs or estimates, and invoices are linked to the conversations. Um, you can text. You can do this from the computer. You can do it from your mobile app um, oh, that's and smart. manage can jump into their team members' conversations and take them over if they need and have full visibility. But this is also something that we weren't really thinking about a year ago and very recently said, hey, I think our customers will love this. We got some feedback and then um, we moved it up in our roadmap and decided to build it quickly. And it's in beta right now for existing customers and it's been great feedback so far. But I think in general, our roadmap's kind of always evolving based on things we're seeing, Technology that's developing because a lot of the stuff we couldn't have done also a few years ago without new technology and new APIs from companies like Twilio making it available. Um, So, yeah. Fluid in your approach, and I'm guessing what we think we're going to build a year from now might change as well as as things come up.
1: Yeah, well, and and if you're responsive to the market and responsive technology, it, it probably will. And I like that idea of you know listening to customers, discussing with customers, you know finding new opportunities that you may not have thought about a year ago, but given given insights, given changes in the market, changes in tech that you can you can now think about and contemplate and actually implement. You know, one thing I talk about a lot with with companies that are looking to grow and scale, and you know, figuring out how to to just get alignment around people and processes is, is having very clear kind of standard operating procedures or playbooks around service delivery. Um, talk to me about how you're supporting or how you've kind of grappled with the whole you know, helping helping the service providers actually perform the service or go through the checklist of the service to make sure that you're maintaining kind of quality standards, and and that uh, that part of it. Do you do you deal with that? Then tell me about how you've kind of grappled with that in terms of the software solution and how you support it.
0: Yeah, so our software really manages that full lifecycle, and so it puts them into a process. At the same time, it's flexible because these they all operate a bit differently depending mm-hmm. on if you do an estimate ahead of time, or if you do it at the time of more of a diagnostic, if you do a written estimate or just a verbal estimate, but basically we're, we're taking their workflow and putting it into a controlled system where everything is tracked, updated, maintained, and everyone has full visibility. So it starts with creating a customer and having that information stored and having all the relevant information that the company needs for that customer, and you're storing it in one place. And then you go to creating the job or scheduling an estimate. And then you need you put in all the information you need for that job and estimate and everything that the service tech needs to be able to perform that job. And then from there, they'll end up either creating an estimate or doing a verbal estimate, performing the work, providing status updates. We do have the ability for subtasks within a job that a lot of our customers use as like task lists to keep their service in organized and knowing what exactly they want to do and following a specific protocol. Some of it might seem cumbersome, but a lot of times they have them fill out service reports based on what they're doing. And a lot of it is just kind of putting control back into the system with employees and ultimately creating a system for them to follow so that they're not deviating they're not forgetting key components and they're serving the customer well and along that entire channel you have customer communications that that go along with it so after you create a job, you might have a customer communication auto sent to the customer of a appointment confirmation with a calendar invite. You might have a 24-hour reminder auto-triggered to them. You might have an on-the-way message with location tracking and then a follow-up, either thanking them or asking for a review. But all of this is really part of the overall process and cadence you create and field pulse for your team and you make sure that they follow it. And that's by Filling out the necessary fields that they want on the customer profile, on the job, on the estimated invoices, sending out the right communications, updating the statuses, clocking in, clocking out, so that when the managers look at it at the end of the day, they see. The, the full cycle of the job, how it was done, and make sure it's done exactly to the process they want. And they have a lot more control and visibility into it. While before if they're using a pen and paper, they're often sending the messages over text message to the guys and, and hoping uh, it's done as needed and seeing back later how the customer reports back. But having it all in software, you really control the process from start to finish.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. Have you noticed any um, I guess changes in what your, you know, client users are finding in terms of the employees or service providers that are more or less willing to use this kind of technology? Like I could imagine that the actual kind of switching to a very tech-based system for a lot of this stuff. Might mean that certain people, you know, certain people are going to be more kind of open and embracing of this and adopt quickly, and and certain people may not. Have you noticed that? I mean, I'm just kind of curious what your feedback from your clients are in terms of you know their adoption or challenges they've had to get employees to you know service providers to actually use the system, and have there been any kind of interesting insights there?
0: Yeah, it's very interesting in general. So most of our customers use employee-owned devices, so they're just putting the software right on there. Mm-hmm. there's really no privacy issues in terms of tracking outside of work-related stuff, but there's always concern from that end, and maybe just because if they're using our timesheets functionality, they are being tracked much more closely. Mm-hmm. When they clock in and clock out, not only is it done digitally and timestamp, but it's also tagging their location. So it yeah. shows where they were when they did that. Versus if you're doing kind of a pen and paper manual timesheets, and they could be a lot more lenient with how they did it. And so there's obviously some pushback on the team member side in regards to that. But that's something that I think benefits the management side enough that that is something that they have to work out. On the flip side, I think it gives the field text the ability to be much more organized and have all the information they need yeah. in one place without doing it manually. So instead of them having to take a text message, put in their own calendar, they're just opening Field Pulse and looking at their calendar that their manager created. And when they click the job record, it's going to show the customer's name, their phone number, their address, which you can click and it opens Google Maps right for yeah, them. Yeah, perfect. It shows a... Street view of the house, too, so you can see what you're going to beforehand, any notes, custom fields. They might even have their estimates and invoices pre-populated by the managers in the system mm-hmm. so that not manually going through and recreating it. They're just having it prepared and invoicing it on the spot. So I think there's a lot of efficiencies for the field techs themselves, but I think where there's the most pushback is when they're like, "Wow, now I need to clock in, and it knows exactly where I am, and I have to be 100 honest." And I think that's where you, you get a little more of that pushback.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's kind of there's some benefits and some trade offs uh, to to tack in that way. Um, you know, as a business owner, um, you know, once you implement a system like this and you start tracking these this information, and and you've got you know, very kind of low level or detailed information about you know the the operations of the business. You know, oftentimes there's some interesting data and analysis you can do. I guess how how much have you seen or how much have you provided business owners with? Then, kind of the analytics side of this of being able to actually capture metrics around service and about employees and about customers and you know different uh, different tasks and you know challenges that come up. What insights do you start developing, or or do you see? Uh, customers starting to develop uh, once they start using a system like this.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a huge aspect that I actually didn't touch on. So we have full reporting, and I think one of the biggest issues in the industry in general is that a lot of these companies really don't know how much they're making on a job. They're popping. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. And and we also think some some of them are doing the model wrong and doing a kind of time materials versus fixed price. And that's kind of a separate topic in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing we help a lot with is really being able to track your profit margins on jobs. So when you're creating estimates or invoices and in field pulse, you can also put your cost for items and add expenses so that when you look at your invoice at the end, we have a second tab called cost basis that lets you look at the costs of that job relative to what you invoice. And then it shows you the margins and it breaks it down by whether it's a service or a product. So you can look at your margins there and really have a much better handle because um, I feel like a lot of jobs, a lot of these contractors don't know if they're actually making money on them or not because they're not tracking that and they don't have a great way of tracking that. And it's a big issue. Uh, but this helps you do that. And then in turn, it also lets you do commission tracking for, for companies that have sales-based reps, specifically HVAC, where they're upselling and selling components and things like that. Sure. Um, You you can take your margin or just gross gross revenue on an invoice and apply commissions to that um, automatically but but not knowing your profit margin can be really killer and that that's the biggest thing I think we help with on the data side. but beyond that, they really have reporting across the board from customers in terms of marketing efforts, jobs in terms of looking at how long certain jobs take because we have a job duration field that's automatically calculated mm-hmm. how much certain jobs are making and that ties back to the invoice looking at profit margin by job and so there's a ton of data across the board but uh, ultimately I think the biggest eye opener or thing that they're not looking at that this helps with is profit margin and, and your costs. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: could see that. I think that's it's such a buried piece of data for most businesses and really understanding job costing is that you know they just look at you know the kind of employee costs and they look at you know supplies and things like that. But actually sort of netting out, you know, how much how much time did I spend in the job? What were my raw material costs, you know, what were my labor costs, and then actually make money on this thing or not. Most most businesses probably couldn't tell you. They know they make money on average, but on a on a client by client job by job Job basis. Uh, talk to me about the CRM side of this because I, I could also see then once you have data around customers and customer segments, do you do anything with the marketing side in terms of promotions and sales and being able to actually generate demand once you have you know existing customers and a customer database
0: in there? So we're going to get into more marketing software soon Mm -hmm. Uh, but right now the way we treat it is that the our crm is great for getting the data and collecting it and using tags and segmenting and things like that but ultimately we have a one click export where you export and if you want to do any email marketing you do use something like mailchimp but there is a lot of value in the segmentation because we let you do tags on the customers and if you if you combine that with the aspects of how much they've spent where they're located, uh, type of customer, the status, um, all that information gives you great insight into which are the best customers, where are they located, and then who are you remarketing to and how. Yeah. And from a software side, we we don't do that currently, but that's something we're definitely looking into to do in the future.
1: Yeah, it seems like like once you're kind of on premises you're there to do a, a HVAC filter replacement you know you can notice that oh they've got a lot of landscaping or they've got a pool or they have you know they have a security system or like you, you start developing some really you know interesting data for you know to be able to market other products and services to those folks so yeah it's an interesting uh interesting
0: situation once
1: you once you have data collection capabilities
0: yeah especially if um, if they're a type of business that is somewhat recurring like HVAC yeah. then, um, you might have to take note on when you performed the last job, and then you can you can send out reminders six months a year later, basically saying, "Hey, it's time to get your units checked again." Um, and that's hard to do without software, without some type of data tracking, but something that systems like field pulse can help you with
1: well yeah and if you actually know what kind of hvac system they have what kind of furnace they have and it's you know it's uh september you can start sending out promotions that actually you know are priced to that specific you yeah. know furnace and stuff so you can actually get ahead of the game on that stuff fascinating so tell me a little bit about what your roadmap looks like you mentioned a couple of things that you're looking to add but what are some strategic areas that you're hoping to tackle over the coming you know 12 24 months in terms of new f- aspects of the product or new new you know upgrades and features that you're looking to implement
0: yeah, so it's always a balance for us between finding new innovative features that add value while simultaneously improving the existing components of little items that customers are reporting that they like to see enhanced. Sure. So it's ultimately a balance of the two. We'll also be going after a new segment in another country soon. I can't <laughs> announce yet why or, or what. Um, hopefully, <laughs> in a week. I can, but yeah. um, so we're up for that and localizing it for that market. But so in short term, we we plan to address a lot of little feature requests and smaller things. But but um, larger or longer term, we have um, some sales tools that we're going to work on. And I think it's very interesting and, and kind of goes into the issue of growing profits for service businesses. Yeah. And a lot of times when these companies start is that you go into the wrong mentality of not looking at overhead costs, um, and you kind of look at it in terms of how you got paid as an employee before you went out, and then trying to carry that over using time and materials. And so mm, yeah new sales tool we're going to be building is to create flat rate price books based on work you do that has a specific price point already Fleshed out and calculated so that you're not doing time and materials. And uh, there's a lot of psychology in it in terms of selling to the customer a flat rate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, time, you're building in higher profit margins that they need and not, not doing just time and material, which ultimately doesn't account for things like overhead, time spent doing estimates, and things like that. So it's a big tool we're going to build for this, but we think it will help grow profit margins, which is a, a big issue in the industry, in our opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that one one of the things that I'm I'm often advising service companies to do is is treat their services more like products and fix price it. Because I think yeah. that not, not only does it allow you to capture more margin, but the whole idea of improving, like if you if you spend a whole bunch of time, you know, improving your process and take something that was, you know, three hours and you make it make it a one hour process, well, you know, you're not winning. <laughs> if your time and materials, that doesn't help you. No, uh, so I think it misaligns the incentives. And I think if you move to a fixed price, you know, you, you really create an aligned incentive where, you know, the customer doesn't want to spend as much time, you know, they, they actually oftentimes will pay more for something that actually takes less time because they want you in and out more quickly and, and you can juice your margins so
0: good strategy. Yeah, exactly like you said you're getting penalized for getting better at things yeah. uh, but it's an interesting balance with consumers because they often look at the time that mm-hmm. you took to make something rather than the expertise it took to gain it it's like in the end there's a, there's a joke that um, you're not paying for the time it took me to do the yeah. job you're paying t- paying for the time it took me to learn how to do this job this quickly. Nice. Um, and I think I think showing and demonstrating that value to the customers is also an issue in the space in general, because and, and and it just gets amplified when you do time and materials, because you're literally tying the cost back to your own time and materials rather than the value of what you spent learning exactly. on how to fix that and being able to do it quickly and getting that. Ve- getting paid for your expertise yeah yeah i agree
1: gabriel This has been a pleasure if people want to find out more about you about the software product where's the best way to get that information
0: yeah www.fieldpulse.com we have an academy that talks about general business content it's a it's a blog and of course if you want to try the software you can just sign up right on a website and ask us for some help along the way to get you going
1: Great, I'll make sure that those are in the show notes so people can click through.
0: Uh, this has been a pleasure. I love
1: seeing tech being applied to services and you know, using particularly mobile tech to you know help organize and, and reduce drama <laughs> inside service-based businesses. Yeah. So I think you're doing some really interesting work. I'm excited to see how the roadmap plays out, what areas you get into, what the new international move is. I'm uh, excited to hear about that when it launches. Uh, but thank you so much for taking time today.
0: Hey, thank you. Appreciate you having me on.